Oh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Quantum Catechesis. I'm Father Joe Krupp, and you're not. And I totally lost track of time, and all of a sudden, we're starting the show, and my microphone isn't in the right place. And so now listen to all that noise. I'm so sorry. It's good to see you all. Happy Friday. Um, do you know why I got lost? Did I tell you why we lost time? Because I'm still putting together sections of our Pope Paris show. Shows, plural. And I'm really geeked out about this. I'm serious. I just finished up a thing on Pope Celestine V, Pope Fabian. I mean, guys, this is going to be a riot. And if it's not a riot, it's because of you. It can't be me. I'm too humble. You know, whenever a pope dies, truly, I've been, so this has happened twice, or retires, in the case of Benedict, uh, whenever the phone rings while they're meeting, you know, about who's going to be the next pope, do I go over here now? Sorry. Whenever they do that, I answer the phone every time. A cheapio, just in case they're, yeah, I'm in. I mean, we'll have to discuss pay, contracts, like a free agent pope, you know, that don't come cheap. So anyway, I'm so happy to be here with you today. I do love Fridays. I love your questions. I hate my answers, but somehow we make it all work. I want to tell you about next week on Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, we'll do another section of potpourri. Right? We don't have to do potpourri every week, of course, but it's just going to kind of be my fallback position uh, because there is so much crazy stuff in our history. But the groovy part of next week, to me at least, is Debamato. Did you know this one? Debamato is going to be here next Thursday. And you're like, who's Debamato? If you don't know that question, your soul's probably in jeopardy. I don't want you to worry too much, but hell is a bad place. Who is Debamato? She was our bishop's chief of staff, and she recently stepped down from that position. Uh, and she's going to be doing other stuff. But she's been working in the church for a while, and I love her, and I thank the Lord for her. This is a holy and brilliant woman, and I can't wait for you to meet her. Um, so that's next Friday, Thursday. Friday, we're going to be doing our question and answer from an exciting location. I mean, are you geeked out about this one, Care? It's going to be here in the studio. But we'll be on the road soon. Oh, I know. Oh, don't take it wrong. I actually like this. This is so much easier than traveling somewhere. It's an hour more of work I can get done, not related to the show. It is. So don't take that wrong. I just say it because I'm 12 years old. So. Uh, I think it's funny. So we're going to get, what, what do you say? Should we dive right into the questions or? No, I shouldn't. Because, um. I don't know. I was going to try to make up something clever. Carrie wants me to burn time. So, um, uh, shoot, I always have jokes. Did I tell about the one where the guy walks in the bar with a big colorful parrot on his chest? You did. Oh. Did I tell? What? We're ready to go. Okay. Uh, Oh, we did have a request to do a show on the Battle of Lepanto which I'll definitely do. Um, Because that is a seminal event in the survival of Catholicism in Europe. That's literally true. Were it not for the Christian victory at the Battle of Lepanto, it is very easy to assume historically Christianity in Europe would have ended. Uh, It's so important that if you're on the subway in Rome and you want to stop at where the Vatican is, it's easy to just look for the Lepanto uh, stop. Seriously. Isn't that crazy? And you probably weren't taught about it. 
Uh, so anyway, here we go. Questions. Well, uh, we're gonna what? actually start with a couple of comments. Did you see my kung fu? Okay. I did. It's strong. What am I doing? We're going to start with a couple of comments. Okay, hit me. There, this AM? That one? Yep. This AM, that's morning for those of you who don't speak Latin. <laughs> what does AM stand for? I'm sure it's Latin. It, it, yes. Okay. Uh, this morning was my first time inside your beautiful church since the remodeling. Look, I'm going to spin. I'm going to spin. Uh, uh, where are we? Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Oh, what a prayerful atmosphere you have created. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't me that created it. Ho I hope you know, right? Um, huh? Holy Spirit. Oh, I was going to say it was my dad. <laughs> no, this was the Lord's work and the response of the insane generosity of God's people at Holy Family. Uh, I don't know if I told people I dreamt that church. I did. The, the church looks like that because of a dream I had in, in Drew, like badly Drew, like an architect did the, okay, Father, that looks like crap. Let me make something lovely. <laughs> Thank you for your encouragement. Um, we're so excited and we're not done. You know, that's the cool part. We're going to put organ pipes in there. We've got everything set aside for it. We are getting closer to a baptismal font. It should be done in July of this year. Um, <laughs> we're gunning for big, beautiful Mary and Joseph statues. You can see those are getting old and we're working hard on that. I want to paint the ceiling someday. I do. Uh, what else? I want to paint a mural on the thingers. I can't remember what you call them. I can never remember the word. Soffits. which is from the Latin, Greek, Arabic for the place that I was pointing out. And we're, anyway, we got dreams. We got dreams and hopes. It's like a Rocky movie, but without the violence. Punching. Without the punching. Sometimes punching. There's punching like... Carrie's drinking when she's drunk, which is, well, how's this? When she's sober, there's not punching. Hi, Father. Hi. Can you explain the meaning of Catholic with a little c in the creed? Sure. It's the same word, but it's referring to two different realities. Okay. So Catholic is a Greek word and it means universal. Right? So when you have the capital C, that refers to us Catholics. When you have the small C, it's Christians. Right? So if you go to, I've been in Methodist church, I've been in Lutheran realm where they pray the creed and say, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. Not Methodist, sorry, Lutheran. An Anglican. I'm sure some of the others say it as well, uh, because the statement isn't Catholic like Roman Catholics. It's a statement like Catholic as in universal for everybody. Okay. Hey, Pa, how are you? Good. Do you want to come on in? Sure. Let me unplug the computer. Hold on. Dad's coming in because he uh, finished his bottle of whiskey. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told God's people this, but when I introduced Dad to the staff when he moved in, I said, uh, this is my dad. He's a violent drunk. And he said, I'm not violent. It was one of his best comebacks ever. And that's saying something. I'm plugging the computer back in for no other reason than neuroses. So that's why you see the word Catholic in non-Catholic churches. Uh, does, that, does that help? Is that clear? Okay. 
All right, AM equals anti anti meridem meridium. Okay, anti uh, is before and meridium is something day, dawn of day. Oh, okay, I got you. Before the middle of the day. Um, that's what AM means. In that's so cool. Whoever came up with that, thank you. Who? Bill Harris. Viper, way to go, big dog. Um, you could replace Kevin as my lovely research assistant. Yeah. He did. He does right there. Apologies to Father Joe. I don't forgive you. Should I look at why he's apologizing or she? Yeah. Okay. Apologies to Father Joe for missing International Buy a Priest a Beard Day. We owe you one, Padre. I did see that yesterday, and you know who told me? I'm telling you the truth. It was in my 2.30 meeting. It was with the Lutheran minister nice. who was like, hey, have you had beer today? And I'm like, brah, you know, no. It's like 2.30. He was like, it's International by a Priest Day. By a Priest, well, not by a Priest Day. I believe that's called slavery. Uh, by a Priest a Beer Day. I had no idea. It came and gone. And I think it was my mom's, wait, was yesterday mom's yeah, birthday? Yeah. No, two days ago it was. Okay. Oh, is today September? Do you know what I wanted to do? Today is September 10th, but tomorrow's the big day. Yeah. And I do want to talk for a minute, if yeah. I may. Okay, I want to tell you guys, I wish, no, let me ask you this. I'm putting you on the spot, Carrie. I have no idea if such a thing is even possible. If I text you a picture, can you put it on that? Okay, so while I'm finding this picture, which it's on my phone, okay, so I'm gonna, huh? Okay. So yeah, since, you have to email it to me. Okay, since I don't have my computer, Oh, you'll have to text it, and then I'll... You're going to let that go, Carrie? Yeah. So why am I looking for this picture? I want you to see an image that truly moves my heart and touches me in a deep, deep way. And I hope it's a powerful picture for you as well. Um, for those of you who don't know, the first victim... Namely, victim 0001 of the September 11th attacks is a Roman Catholic priest. And I have the picture. There it is. So, Carrie, I'm going to text it to you. Okay. Uh, okay. Forgive me for staring at my phone, folks. I really want you to see this. And, Carrie, if we can't pull it off, I get it. And I'm sorry to put you on the spot. Well, no, no, no. What you could do, can you... Let's I just sent it. Very big. Uh... Do you want me to hold it up? Okay, folks. That's as close as I... Oh, wait. What if I do this? I'll turn it sideways. Okay. Stick with me, good people. If you can, guys, it's very worth you studying this picture. There you go. It is... They can see it. Can they see it clearly? The looks on their faces. Okay, who is the cor what is the corpse they're carrying? You can see he's in a Roman collar. That's Father Michael Judge, M-Y-C-H-A-L, Judge. He was the first victim of the, uh, the first numbered victim of the September 11th attack. What do we know? Um, he was a priest who was a chaplain for the New York Fire Department. And he was, um, well, let's tell this. Let's stick with September 11th. What we know is that the fire trucks stopped by his rectory for a blessing on their way. 
and he did what he always did. He jumped right on the truck. And they tried to stop him. In fact, I believe Mayor Giuliani himself grabbed him and begged him not to go in the building. And he said, there are people dying in there without mercy. And so he ran in and was giving aid and spiritual comfort to the dying, absolution, um, while the building was collapsing around him. And a large chunk of the building struck and killed him right before the tower fell. Uh, the last words he spoke that anyone heard were, Heavenly Father, you stop this nonsense right now. Um, but uh, what a beautiful man. And you can see the faces of, uh, on that picture of how deeply he was loved by the men and women of the fire department. When they found his body a couple days later in the rubble, uh, they carried it to the altar of the church and laid his corpse on the altar. There were just too many dead bodies. They couldn't find places to put them. So that's where they put his. Uh, there's a street named after him there, right by where the World Trade Center used to be, Father Michael Judge. I bring this up for a few reasons. I thank the Lord for him. And I also bring this up because um, anytime I found on social media that I post about this beautiful priest in his noble last moments, inevitably it comes up, well, he was gay. Um, I don't know why people feel the need to point that out. Uh, he was celibate and he kept his vow of celibacy. And he, uh, it's just so stupid to, I'm sorry, I use the word stupid, but to look at a man who did something so beautiful. And I think it gives us some clue of why when we say to our brothers and sisters who are attracted to the same sex, when we say, well, we love you, I, I can see why they don't believe us when uh, this kind of thing happens, right? Um, I just want to say thank you, Jesus, for this beautiful selfless priest. Uh, I want to say thank you, Jesus. Whatever you think of the first thousands of moments of his life, I don't care. Um, I like how he died. And I thank Jesus for him. Um, there is a way for us to live as Christians where we can say to people, I love you and you're worth all of my dignity and all of my strength and breath and not put a caveat on it. And that goes for, if I may, both sides, right? Those who say homosexual activity is not a sin and those who say it is. That in both cases, can we look at the other and say, one of us is wrong, but you're beautiful and I love you and I'll serve you. And I don't need to make my entire existence about telling you why you're wrong. People who disagree live in peace and love all the time. And um, I guess that's what I have to say on that. So tomorrow morning when you wake up and you and I can fill our hearts with anger and rage about the attacks, or we can praise the Lord for the people who charged in and pulled out bodies and who deal with the crippling psychological trauma and knew they would 
but charged in there anyway. And we can thank the Lord for Father Michael Judge. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say. Okay. Um, so did they see the picture? I, does it have an impact on you? Like it, I don't, I don't know how to explain. Yeah, it just melts my brain. The love and the sorrow, um, and his broken little body. Ah, all right, all right. <clears throat> Question: uh, In the Our Father, we ask God to quote, lead us not into temptation. How can God lead us into temptation? You know, I struggle with this too. Um, what I assume is that, I never explain this well. You know, we have ways we talk where we know what we mean. I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with my mic today and it's my fault because I was in a hurry because I lost time. Um, stick with me, good people, I apologize. Um, so we have expressions, we have ways we talk that, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little off today. Yeah, it's all good? Okay. Sorry, guys. All right. Uh, we have ways we talk that, that, so, okay, how's this? When I ask a saint to pray, right? So when I say, like yesterday, Saint, um, come Holy Spirit, Peter Claver. So when I want Peter Claver to pray about the racism in our country, I mean to say, St. Peter Claver, please pray for us, right? Uh, that's all I'm doing. But sometimes I'll say, Peter Claver, please do blah, blah, blah. And I don't really mean for him to do it. And he knows it. And I know it. It's just the way we talk as humans, right? And I think when we say to God, <coughs> lead us not into temptation, we're talking about God's permissive will. Namely, he will always respect the, our choices, okay? And what we're saying is, you don't have to <laughs> respect my choice, right? When I do something boneheaded, can you stop me? And you might think, well, how do you read that into it? Because that's how people talk. Like, can you imagine if we want said it in perfect accuracy? And Lord, please, when we do something stupid <clears throat> or evil, please keep us from the consequences and stop us from doing it. Or do we just say, lead us not into temptation? Uh, the second way to look at it is really interesting. Um, we, Dan and I, in fact, were just watching yesterday uh, an interview with the man who killed um, Osama bin Laden, right? The guy who pulled the trigger three times. Uh, and it was interesting. He was talking about when they were driving to this mission where they were all sure they were going to die. This was not the first time we tried. And he said, we had all wrote letters to the people we love. We knew we weren't coming home, right? We knew this was it. And he said, like his seven-year-old daughter, he said, I didn't write my seven-year-old daughter a letter. I wrote one for her to open when she gets married, right? It, it, was, it was intense. And he says, so we're driving there. And he looks over, and everybody but him and one other guy sound asleep. And he was like, you talk about ice water in your veins, Right? We're on our way to die. We're going into a battle. There's only about eight of us. These cats are catching a nap. 
Okay. And he talked about how, where does that come from? Well, every time they train, when they think, uh, I can't go farther, their instructors push them to go find farther. They kept finding a gear they didn't know they had. Am I making sense? And spiritually, when God doesn't test us to gain knowledge, right? he knows, he tests us to reveal knowledge to us. Look at how far you can go. Look at how holy you can be. And to some extent, we're asking for mercy in the training process. <laughs> how am I doing? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I always have such a hard time explaining it because on one level, it's clear in my head, but on another, it's not clear enough for me to explain it well. But I, I'm glad this worked for you all. So those, that's how I read it, right? And truly, sometimes I do say to the Lord on the Our Father, you do your thing, Lord. Whatever that means, I'm in, because I trust you. Okay. Uh, question, answer. You know the caffeine's gonna kick in, right? This is a really strong cup of coffee, I gotta say. My mouth is bleeding. Yeah, mm, I love it. Okay, please explain why saint bodies are incorrupt. Have you seen any? Uh, so talk about, well, how about if I stick with this one and then please help me remember to, okay. I've seen uh, a few of the incorruptibles. Uh, Catherine of Siena, I think I told you guys, I saw John Vianney's heart, uh, which looks like they just ganked it out of his chest. Um, you know, and he's been dead a while. I mean, hundreds of years. Uh, I saw an incorruptible in Mexico. Uh, let me see, I've seen a few. Um, so explain why. Oh, why? I don't know. Uh, it's just one of these things the Lord does. And I have a theory, um, but please keep in mind, this is total speculation. Um, that, <clears throat> so we're body, soul unities. And when you talk about a saint, we're not talking about someone perfect. Some of these cats were a wreck. Uh, well, really all of them. Uh, it's just how much could you tell? <sighs> Come Holy Spirit. I think the purity of their soul transformed their body. I do. Like John Vianney of all people, of course his beautiful heart. Of course. He wasn't the smartest guy by a long shot. Um, he was probably learning disabled. Is that the right, are we supposed, I don't know how to say these yes. things now. Okay. They keep changing the rules. Yes. Okay. Um, I just think there was that body-soul connection somehow trans uh, it showed. And honestly, I do think sometimes the Lord just gives us crazy miracles because he can, his indulgent love, right? Uh, I, I know I used this image before, but mom at the grocery store, can I have a candy bar? No. Can I have a candy bar? No. Uh, 10 times I'd go with mom and every time, can I have a candy bar? No. 11th time? Sure. Why? Because she could. The candy bar didn't suddenly become good for me, but she indulged me. Sometimes God looks at us little freaks and says, I'm going to indulge you guys. Why? Because he can. He's our dad. Yeah. Uh, also, please talk about the stories I read that in certain parts of the world, the Eucharist changes into the flesh and the wine turned into blood. That, no, that's, that's uh, not to be funny, I'm not sure what you mean, because that's every Mass, right? At every Mass, we believe 
that the bread and wine are transformed into the body and blood of Christ, not a symbol of them, not a reminder of them, into his flesh and blood. Uh, so I'm sorry, I'll bet I'm missing something obvious and it's me, not you, okay? So if you can clarify for me, I'm happy to, to get after it, okay? Um, question. That's how I think I've decided. Should I do the question with a fake German accent? Are there people from Germany watching? No, they're working. There's a lot of Italians watching. <laughs> was that yesterday where I went off on the Italians? Yeah, not off on them. I mean, it was love. Monday. Okay, so uh, <laughs> they're all like, hey, it's the greatest show, huh? Okay, uh, in the Our Father, oh wait, I did that, sorry. Why are Jesus' genealogies in Matthew and Luke so different? Is Matthew, Joseph, and Luke Mary's Oh, I get it. Okay, there's a couple reasons. And one of them is they just cover different things. Uh, so one of them, sorry, I assume Matthew starts with like freaking Noah, right? The other starts with Abraham. So why would they write different things? Well, because they're writing to two different congregations. Okay. Luke was writing to Greeks. Matthew was writing to Jews. So Luke explains things that Matthew doesn't because Matthew's audience would have known exactly what he was saying. Is this, does this help? And they're trying to point out different things. So in the genealogy we read Wednesday, that is a goofy list, right? That's Matthew. And oh my, there are some awful people in there. There are victims of terrible crimes in there. There are perpetrators of terrible crimes. And all of it to connect Joseph to David. Okay, why? Now, I've said this before, and I, I don't know if you know this, Carrie. One of our deacons told people what I said was heresy. It's funny. Not Deacon Debbie, not Dan. Okay. And it's not. Okay, it's not. Joseph's DNA was in Jesus, right? Why? Well, you have to have two sets of DNA. If you have one set of DNA, you've got a clone, not a son, right? So if it's all Mary's DNA, well, then Jesus is Mary. And he wasn't. He was a dude, okay? Uh, Jesus was a dude. Do you think that's been, oh, that's been said before. So humans are made when one person, when a male sperm hits a female egg. Where did the sperm come from? Well, we assume God did divinely what humans usually do. Am I making sense? We, I, we assume it was Joseph's DNA and Mary's DNA. So he was showing Jesus direct biological connection, although they wouldn't have put it that way. They just thought in terms of blood. He had David's blood. Um, does that help? Yes. Oh, great. Great. Uh, Sister Teresa, why is your Italian accent so bad? Um, because I'm not Italian. 
I yeah. just can't pass up any. I love her. That's my Teresa, not your Teresa. <laughs> and by the way, Teresa, Carrie and I checked with Jesus. You're supposed to be moving here. What is this crap with you not working here? And we will double what we pay Carrie every show. For those of you who don't know Sister Teresa McDonald, in fact, Sister Teresa, if you're comfortable, you need to put your address right now in the chat. Uh, I remember Tower Road. Uh, and I know your zip code has letters in it. What is wrong with you people? Um, I think it was Tower Road. But the reason she needs to put it down, you know why? You people need to send her good coffee. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, I love her. Everybody sent coffee to the to the nunnery. Yeah. Teresa, if you're willing, sis, if you're willing, pop that address down. And if you're not, I'll put it down. No, I'm kidding. I would not do that to you. If you'd rather your address wasn't out there because of that whole conviction thing in uh, Nebraska, and we all think you might probably could possibly be innocent. Um, I'll send them snacks and coffee. Yeah, I'm telling you, people. Uh, I love this woman. She put it out. Did she? Is it something Tower Road? 214 Bears Mill Road. I'm way off. <laughs> Did your address change? I think her address changed. Halifax. Is the word Halifax in there? Nope. Nova Scotia. B-O-J-2-L-O. She moved. I knew it. She used to live at Tower or something because I've sent her coffee and I love her and I haven't sent her coffee in too long. I need. We need to know more. Did she like change teams? Well, I think what happened is the police almost caught up with her. Uh, you can only change your name so many times. <laughs> so anyway, everyone who wants, send Sister Teresa coffee. Good coffee. She's like me. She likes dark, angry coffee. She wants her eyes to bleed. Right? I think I'm right. Okay, so uh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I have read that a priest cassock has a specific number of buttons. What is the number and what do they represent? 33 for each year of Jesus' life. Four buttons on each collar for the four gospels. There's all kinds of stuff in a priest cassock. And there's two different kinds, right? Some have, uh, how does it go? There's another way, but I always get the 33 button kind because why not? Um, there's even a specific number of pockets. Uh, we're Roman, right? We make a symbol and a sign of everything. Uh, because again, it's that genius of Catholicism. It's everything can remind you of God if you let it. Yeah. And you know why we wear the white collar? Do you know this one? Because the women go crazy. You're just going to let that go? I'm sorry. Somebody was Carrie's not paying attention. Someone was making fun of the way I tried to pronounce the word the the top of the that she lives on but it's muska do it muska do it muska dot it which is muska like when italians it. are making an eye they say we muska dot it did anyone <laughs> so if sister teresa put her address down please feel free to send her some dark coffee i don't think she has a grinder send her grounds not beans i think i'm saying this right it's been a bit uh, but don't feel any pressure. This is just if you ever want to go to heaven. Okay. Um, Jesus resurrected Lazarus, so he had to die twice. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, somebody else died twice. Darn it. I'm so bad. Well, my uncle Vince, remember that? He got two, he got two funerals. They thought he was killed in World War II and they did a funeral. And then he was all right. He was, remember this? He was in a POW hospital. They thought he was German and they put him in the wrong hospital. And then he came home and had a funeral like 40 years later. A seriously true story. And I remember at the funeral, that's what I said. I said, leave it to Uncle Vince to get two funerals out of one life. Uh, he was the man. Yeah, he was a great man. Uh, yeah, Lazarus died twice. Um, that's the thing. Like when we see Jesus doing these amazing physical miracles, we do the same thing the crowds did and we forget Jesus reaction, which was, that's not why I'm here. That's what you want, right? Why? Cause when he raised Lazarus from the dead, Lazarus died. When he restored sight to the blind man, that dude died. When he fed 5,000 people with three loaves and two fish, they were hungry again in five hours. Jesus is interested in the eternal. Now, he doesn't despise the temporal, not at all. But you can see that tension in the Gospels that still exist today where what we want are physical miracles. And what does Jesus say? I came to teach. I came to teach, right? Remember how many times they would say, stay in this town. We got more sick people. And what was his answer? No, I came to teach. Isn't that funny? Has the church ever addressed Jesus' DNA? Yeah, just this morning they were like, hey, Jesus' DNA, how's it going? I'm sorry. Get it addressed it. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not as, I'm clearly not as funny today as I think I am. And usually, like I say something I think is moderately funny and you guys think it's hysterical. I am a bad judge of humor. Okay. Uh, has the church ever addressed Jesus' DNA? I'm curious, since he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, was any of, oh, I just talked about this. Yeah, you're right. It was coincidental. It was Get out. Right. Okay, so we talked about this. It is my assumption Get it? We're talking about Mary. When we talk about Mary, we don't make assumptions. Okay. Uh, it's my assumption it was Joseph's and Mary's DNA. There had to be two sets of human DNA because he was fully human and fully God. You and I can pull off half of that, and it ain't the God part. Okay, Father, this has been on my mind a lot. People say the only two guarantees in life are death and taxes. However... If Jesus returns during our lifetime, we won't die, right? And we won't pay taxes. Wouldn't that be awesome, though, seriously, if Jesus came back and he was like, you know, hey, we did it, devil's, you know, heaven's here. Now, everyone, we do a flat tax. Wouldn't that be awesome if Jesus had a tax policy? Okay, sorry. Uh, if Jesus returns during our lifetime, we won't die, right? So death isn't guaranteed. No, you're 100% you're right. And Mary didn't die. We, well, we don't know. We believe, well, I'll stop. No, you're 100% right. When Jesus returns, there will neither be death nor taxes. And if I may, I know this is cheesy, but I would say the only two guarantees in life are suffering and love. I would. Because if you're rich enough, you don't pay taxes. If you're poor enough, you don't pay taxes. If you're alive when Jesus returns, you're not going to die. And you won't pay taxes. Bonus! So I think you're right. I do. And I think our only two guarantees in life are suffering and love. That's it. Because you can't have one without the other. 
Father, can you speak about a bit about what bad things going on with the... Sorry, guys. I know when I put my glasses on, it looks weird for you, and I'm sorry. Hey, Father, can you speak a bit about the bad things going on in the Vatican, inner struggles? Some people on Facebook actually hate our Pope. Too stressful for words. Yeah, I get you. I do. Trust me. More than I can say. Well, but I'll try. Get it? I, more than I can say, but I'm going to try. Uh, yeah, in fact, like right now, I remember how I told you I'm working on my thing about the popes. Uh, holy cow. Um, okay, Jesus, how you want me to do it? Give me a second, guys. Pope Francis is different. And what we can forget, okay, let's do this. I'm 51. So I had Pope Paul VI, Pope John Paul I, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and Pope Francis. Five. Okay, now I don't remember Paul the sixth, right? That was from when I was one till seven. I don't remember John Paul the first. He lasted about an hour and a half, right? What was he? Two months? Three months? John Paul the second was twenty-eight years. What is the average reign of a pope in the Catholic Church? Seven. Okay, it's probably going to squeak up because humans live longer, but. Seven years is the average. You and I had an unusual experience. If you're my age or around it, what do I mean by that? In 1978, the Holy Roman Church elected Saint, or well, now he's Saint, but a guy named Carl Vatia, right? A Pope, and that's John Paul II. What was remarkable is he broke a 700 year run of Italian popes. And he did it on a dark horse vote. He was not expected to be Pope. He was way too young. But in my opinion, JoJo's opinion, he saved the church. We were heading to a messed up place. The media hated him, so they made him see seem as awful as they could. But he was a lovely, humble, energetic, brilliant man. It is not arguable to put him in the top 10 all-time smartest people who've lived in the church, served in the church, okay? And we, we won't get into it. But what he was that we hadn't had is a philosopher pope. We hadn't had a philosopher pope in forever. We've had generals, we've had theologians, we've had all kinds of things. And so you and I got used to the papacy being a different thing than it had been all along. Is this making any sense? Okay. That shift was hard for a lot of people, but once it settled in, I think we all got the idea, this is pretty groovy. A pope who leaves the Vatican? A pope who doesn't get carried around in that chair, right? You remember, dad told me the first time he saw the pope was Pope Paul VI, and they did what they always did. They put him on a chair with those bars and people carried it on their shoulders. But now we got a pope walking around, uh, the most traveled pope in history. He really changed everything, guys. And then you get Pope Benedict, who again, a great theologian and philosopher, but very shy. Um, didn't like to leave the Vatican, right? Uh, I think I told you what his brother said. He didn't want to be pope. He cried. He cried. They had to ask him twice. 
Why? What does brother say? He just wants to read and be left alone. <laughs> right? The poor man did his duty for God and country. And of course, the American press hated him, so they were awful to him. You may remember, uh, the New York Times referred to him as the former Nazi. That's literally how they described a man who, when he was 16, had the Nazis kick in his door and drag him into servitude, seriously, from which he escaped and was caught again. But they hate him because they view him as conservative. They didn't know who he was. So now you get uh, Jorge Bergoglio. Am I saying it right? Anyway, Pope Francis. Our first southern, or uh, our first New World Pope, right? South American, the first one not from Europe or Africa or Asia. And it's a big deal. He's different. He's a Jesuit. Jesuits think different. And to be blunt, I can't figure him out some days. I really can't. I want to be super clear. I say that with respect. I don't have in my heart the affection for him that I have for JP2 or Benedict. And not that I don't like him, but I was crazy for those two. This guy, I'm like, hey, he's a good Pope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is this sounding okay? I don't want to be disrespectful. But I'm in the minority. People love him and people hate him. Which leads me to believe he's on the right track. Why? That was the exact reaction to Jesus. Think about it. It was the exact, now am I comparing him to Jesus? No, uh, I think he, uh, I, this is hard, sorry. The thing we're dealing with beyond an unusual Pope, following an unusual Pope, following an unusual Pope, is that you and I now need to get used to a church not led by Italians. And I don't say this to be funny. But I think that's a really good thing for a couple reasons. One, go to Italy, right? They always said this in Italy. What do you call a, a Catholic in a Catholic church in Italy? Do you know this one? A tourist. Italians don't go to church. Um, they're nominally Catholic, but as a general rule, if you've got a guy who is an Italian-born prelate, he's never really ran a parish that had people in it. Okay, um, their churches are not just funded by donations. They're barely funded by donations. They're funded by the government and by the UN. And you just have this bizarre thing. Um, and these were the guys running the church. And I'll be honest, it always perplexed me. And I referred to them as empty church cardinals, right? Is that terrible to say? I probably shouldn't have said that. But they were, they were cardinals who came from dioceses filled with empty churches and no priests. Now, we got a guy who came from a diocese where you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an active practicing Catholic. He's actually been in the fight. And literally in the fight. The dude went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the communists. The issue, though, is this. And I'm going to go back to this. I hope I'm making sense. I feel like I'm not. Okay. There is a corner of Catholic media that is wicked and they cloak themselves in righteousness and they use righteous words and they justify their perpetual indignation and they do to this Pope from the right 
what the American media did to the other popes from the left. They bend and they give you enough information to have a little bit of truth, but to make him look bad. And to be honest, he doesn't help himself. He's in, in this weird way, he just talks. And we're not used to that. This would be like if I was, you know, you guys, I've heard people, you know, oh, you should be a bishop. Oh, no, I shouldn't. The crap I say <laughs> for 900 reasons. But one of them is I'm just not good at saying what you're supposed to say. Right? There's a way to say things with delicacy and with diplomacy. I do not have that skill that I'm aware of. Like, Okay, stop. So you have a lot of little things that all come together, and then you have, I'm gonna be blunt, an American conservative Catholicism, and I'm a conservative, guys. I'm a traditionalist. No one's ever accused me of different who's prayed with me. But at some point in the abortion battle, which we need to fight, we became so associated with the American right that it now defines us more than Catholicism and it's dangerous. We did the same thing in the 60s and 70s with the left, and it was dangerous. I grew up in that crap, right? We as Americans, for some reason, seem more, come Holy Spirit, more, what is the word? We lean, oh, just a second guys, I'm sorry, more likely to buy our political party than our faith. And we'll take it and we'll, we'll kind of pretend, you know, we'll say, oh, no, this is right in line with church teaching. But Pope Francis says, I don't think we should execute people. <laughs> and what happens? <gasps> How dare he? Well, Benedict said the same thing. John Paul II said the exact same thing. The, uh, John Paul II said it harsher. But the people who want you to hate this pope, because they do, and they can get clicks, and they can get likes, and they can get sponsors by getting you to click and like, they act like Pope Francis is the only guy who said that. He's trying to change doctrine. It's not doctrine. The church has never, never settled on upon it. John Paul II, to be honest to me, gave the clearest thing. Does the state have the right to execute its criminals? Absolutely. Should the state exercise that right? No. That's how he said it. He said it better, but that's the short way. It is in their best interest to get you to agree with them. So we don't let Francis be Francis. Instead, what we do is say, well, the people I like politically tell me he's a bad guy, or the people I don't like politically say he's a good guy. We don't let things just be as they are. We keep trying to bend them so we don't have to bend. How are we doing? He confounds me some days. He sends my hearts to the heavens some days. But here in the end to me is the key. And I say this with great love. The fact that people need to have an opinion on the Pope is probably a sin. Pope Francis doesn't need my approval. He has the Holy Spirit's approval, or he wouldn't be Pope. You buy it or you don't. Um, do I have to agree with everything he says? No. Do I have to, oh, Francis, Francis, no. Um, but I darn well better respect him. And I better 
when he says something different than my political party says, I had better go with the church by instinct. And if you read these people who refer to him as a globalist, they're wrong. They're wrong. And they're reading bad people. If you have people who call him a communist, and I'm going to say this, that's stupid. Go look at what happened in his country to him when he went toe-to-toe with the communists. Go ahead. It's that the people who need you angry so you'll point and click, so they get sponsored dollars, they're the ones. They're going to pay for this. And I mean it. Their souls are in jeopardy. And the crazy part is, I don't know that I can break through. I've tried. I've tried. I've talked to some of these folks. Your soul's in jeopardy. No, I'm right. I am right. Jesus flipped over tables. They're so good at calling out everyone else's evil, they can't see their own. Maybe you read today's gospel. You hypocrite. How dare you address the speck in your brother's eyes when you have a plank in your own? That's Jesus, not some dude. So all of this to say, I struggle with him sometimes. And other times I'm just like, oh, thank Jesus for him. But here's the key. He's my holy father. Jesus gave him to me. My opinion isn't necessary. My... I wonder if it's somebody's birthday today. If there's perhaps a celebration we've been planning for Carrie. Happy birthday! There's the camera. Come on in! Happy birthday to Carrie! This is my Steve Martin dance. Yeah, remember this one? No, 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 no. So, everyone, it's Carrie's birthday today. We had, I had to act like, huh? I had to act like I forgot it was Carrie's birthday today. And the look. I know, but everyone, please take a moment on Facebook to wish Carrie a very happy birthday. We all have the blessing of working with her, and we thank Jesus every day uh, for her sacrifice, her willingness to take the hits, um, her her giving, her beautiful brain, uh, her strength. We are so grateful, and I know we won't make you go on camera. I won't. She won't. <laughs> and to be honest, we're all a little afraid of her. Yeah. We're not Because she won't give us beer. <laughs> yeah. And the key is we get out of here and we lock the door and we run. <laughs> There's a desk between us and her. Good plan. Good plan. But so we hope you're all taking this time to say happy birthday to Carrie and to thank Jesus for her. Please pray for her family. They've got all kinds of wonderful stuff going on. And we pray that Jesus uh, bless them with joy. We pray uh, in prosperity. And uh, what I'll do now is probably wrap up the show. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, And if you've enjoyed this show, so much of it, was something I've longed to do forever, but Carrie made happen, uh, along with a lot of other good people. So uh, happy birthday to Carrie. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have a great day and we will see you next Wednesday when we talk about the popes in Pope Paris part two. Peace. Is it over? No, it's never over.